0: In Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance.
1: Well, hello, hello. You are listening to the COB Podcast. I am your host, David Scott, joined today by Annette Beecher on April 27th, which just happens to be Inflation Day here in Australia. And uh, I think this is the day that we found out that uh, Australia is not too different to the rest of the world when it comes to those global inflationary forces.
0: My goodness me, the RBA has been pushing back for weeks and months saying we don't have an inflation problem everybody else has. But of course, we had a nice five-handle. On that headline rate, everyone was clustered around five, uh, four and a half, so goodness me. And then, of course, the key measure that everyone looks at, the trimmed mean, was meant to be 3.4, scuddy, but somehow 3.7, absolutely shooting the lights out. That pretty much set the scene for the afternoon.
1: Yeah, so it's uh, now... The debate is starting to go and shift towards wh- not whether the RBA will go and move in May or June, but more so it's likely to be May given what most of the forecasts are now clustering about. That's certainly what the, uh, the markets are focused on at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, some are out there, uh, A.M.P. Shane Oliver talking about a 40-basis point hike next week. Uh, mm-hmm. To A couple of the majors, NAB and ANZ, both expecting a 15-basis point move next week. CBA holding steady for the time being, expecting the move to be in June, but all things being equal, it looks like one way or another in the next month and a bit we'll be talking about rate hikes here in Australia for the first time in well over a decade.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a little frustrating, I, I guess. And, and it still does boil down to the fact that we have a quarterly report. We should have found out months ago that inflation is on the rise. And again, we're still waiting for the next wages report, which you know most of us have d- has dismissed as not really reflective of the broader economy. But anyway, that's not till the 18th of May. And then if you do want broader labour costs, that's not until the 1st of June goodness me, are we still hanging around waiting for those numbers or will they get cracking? The an- Most analysts today have basically said time to get moving.
1: Oh well, I like your uh, last line on your view today, just get on with it and I think uh, <laughs> we're at that point now, it's uh, it's definitive the evidence that's accumulated over time I'm not sure what we're waiting for beyond this point uh, the, as you said, the, uh, the wages readings aren't probably going to give us a definitive answer anyway, so yeah, let's go and start. Look, uh, that temporarily distracted us from what was probably another major story and that's The continued Mm -hmm. sell-off we're seeing in equity markets, including here uh, here in Australia, I should say, uh, down another 0.8 of a percent for the uh, XJO today and the CBO Australia. Uh, it could have been worse, but it uh, wasn't all it's one a, way. It's a th- it's the third day in a row that we're seeing yeah, quite a sizable decline.
0: Yeah, I, I, you look at it on a chart, and we're back to you know early March levels. Because let's face it, only last week we were talking about nudging record highs, so that conversation has been shelled for now. But yeah, a couple of days in, in a row, a lot of people get nervous. Discussions about you know catching falling knives and looking for quality. But, uh, you know, we have to turn to the US for, you know, setting the tone. And, you know, some of those big boppers in the US are starting to disappoint. And just by definition, we follow that tone.
1: Yeah, Alphabet, uh, no, really disappointing the street uh, overnight. We talked about those asymmetric uh, earnings risks I wrote about in The View mm. uh, yesterday. And uh, clearly coming to fruition. And we've still got some big boppers coming. So Meta is going to be out later tonight. Also, uh, the day after, we also have Apple Apple. And uh, Amazon as well. So, yeah, lots of earnings risk out there. And that's not even excluding the rest of the plethora of the, uh, the S&P 500 that mm. uh, the majority are still yet to report. Looking across the other uh, market map here, it really was a story of uh, no, a little bit of no buying in the material space in the energy sector. Also, the REITs started to come good towards the close as well. That helped to go and offset uh, no declines in most other sectors, including the financials, down quite heavily. CBA, I'm looking at my market map. Uh, Westpac and ANZ all off in the vicinity of 2 to 2.5%. Two
0: yeah, the f- the financials, uh, we were just chatting to Fitch earlier and we all know that higher interest rates and a steeper yield curve are beneficial for financials but the market doesn't see it like that at this stage. Of course, we will have reporting season for these guys coming out fe- fairly soon but higher interest rates are good for banks but it's a sort of a bit more of a bathwater day today just given that everything was negative and then those finan- – sorry, the material started to turn around. BHP, Fortescue all caught a bid, but... On what, Scuddy, Bit of a hope and a prayer?
1: Yeah, I don't know. The Chinese equity market started to go and rock and roll. It's, uh, it's been absolutely smash. It's going to be set in context. But uh, in these sort of days, you always question whether this is the national team, which we know is the conglomerate of those state-backed uh, and quasi-backed uh, mm-hmm. entities that go and come in and uh, and ride to the rescue on occasions to go and smooth out some of the volatility. That may be a factor there. I also saw some rumours about uh, lockdowns being lifted in Shanghai. Yeah, I'm not sure. Anyone who's dealt with the Omicron variant probably knows that uh, that could be uh, easier said than and done Uh, looking across the market map just more broadly I can see that uh, in this higher inflation volatile environment you go and say well what's going to be one of the things that goes and works really well in this type of scenario and gold but uh, gold just splattered again today uh, really struggling to find any traction it still looks like a bit of a selling well, rally given positive. that we're
0: still on a, a global inflation story like a, there was lots of chatter about you know are we at the peak but we haven't seen the evidence yet so the idea that inflation has peaked without the evidence I'm not sure about gold but I think gold was one of our it was the stock of the day
1: yeah northern Star was uh, was nominated for our candidate for the other portfolio so today Andrew sat down with Chris Conway from Marcus today and Michael Wayne from a day in financial to go get their views on NST Take I do quite like Northern Star, um, but I don't like gold at the moment. Uh, I, I would say that the, the macroeconomic conditions for gold in the last 12 months have been fantastic. You know, uh, flight to safety, um, flight to uh, fight inflation. You know, gold is typically an inflation hedge. Uh, it couldn't have been any better for gold, and yet gold uh, has gone up around you know 10 or 15% over the last 12 months, whereas some other commodities like lithium, for example, are north of 200. So just in terms of that commodities complex, gold would probably be the last thing that I would want to be looking at. Uh, there's there's a whole lot of other commodities where I'd rather be playing. Um, but in spite of all that, I do quite like Northern Star as a business, but I, I can't buy it. It's never good when you've got falling production expectations and also increasing prices, and that's being reflected in today's move. Um, the Australian part of the business still makes up 85% of Northern Star's sort of production and revenue outlook and, and that's unchanged at the moment according to management um, but the, the problem is um, what is the expectation going forward and it's unlikely that any of those cost pressures will abate anytime soon it's very hard to get a read on what's going on with the gold price at the moment so but at the moment we wouldn't have a buy we wouldn't really have a hold either but if some clients like to hold it we, we I'll, I'll give northern star a little hold, a little hold. as right. part of a diversified portfolio not with the expectation that's going to necessarily jump up In the next three to six months. In short, no. If If you want to go and hold any gold miner, that's the one that they recommend. But uh, not going to be put up as a candidate for the portfolio. Speaking of which, uh, at some point in the near future, I guess we're probably going to hear an update from the uh, the committee, the investment committee, as to what changes they're making to the portfolio. Well, Given this yes. uh, environment, this
0: environment it's a fun one because uh, quite a few of the people we spoke to and some of the broker reports we read out. When you get two, three day corrections like we have uh, this week, is you know the stocks start to look attractive? Do they look attractive because the, the stock has collapsed out of bed or do they look attractive because they're good earnings models? All back to doing your own research, which is what the Investment Committee does.
1: Yeah, still feels a little bit like, you know, falling nice and Yeah, I still think falling nice. Look, uh, that uh, conversation was just one of many brilliant ones we had on the program today. We had a good chat with uh, Adam Lawrence from Lawrence Private Wealth towards a close, uh, giving his take uh, not only what he likes in the local market at the moment, but also internationally uh, and trying to go and make sense of the other. Uh, macro environment we're dealing with at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the challenges that, uh, that are out there in so many different facets. Uh, look, a similar vein of conversation as well today that we have with uh, Matt Sherwood from Perpetual. Blood on the streets is uh, a feature of that conversation uh, and he is uh, is quite uh, bearish at least over the next six months that uh, this whole idea that you know, it's a dip buying environment and uh, that uh, the motus operandi that's works so well for such a long period of time. It uh-uh. just feels different, right? Yeah, it does feel different this time and uh, the, we haven't really even got to the point where the central banks start to normalise policy settings at the moment, nor seen that real pronounced slowdown in economic activity that is trying to be delivered uh, without uh, resulting in a recession. And I do wonder whether that's going to Well, let's face it, the Fed it.
0: hasn't actually tightened yet. We've had 125, and, of course, they're in blackout mode, so a lot of people are a bit lost if we don't have, uh, you know, a conga line of Fed members out telling us what they're going to do. I think it's pretty clear what they're going to do next week. Of course, May the 4th is Fed Day.
1: Yes, Fed Day, and also it's going to be our Crypto Day as well. And our Crypto Day as, well. Crypto day as yeah, well. so looking forward to that uh, special event here at Ausby's. Make sure you're going to register all the details on our website. Uh, speaking of which, uh, a lot of uh, disappointment in the local market today. There was supposed to be the start of trading of a Bitcoin ETF, well, or oh, a yes. couple actually, and then uh, all of a sudden, last minute, yanked. So I uh, had to go and get all the details. Can uh, <laughs> chug from ETF Securities? Joined us on the program, was uh, brave enough to go and face us in person and, uh, and try to go and answer all the questions that we had, which were many in nature. Also went and gave us a bit of insight as to how the ETF investors are trying to go and play this environment at the mm-hmm. moment, given it's a very different kind of backdrop to what we've seen over recent years.
0: Well, I mean, as we know, Bitcoin for a while there was meant to be a defensive against the risk on, risk off roundabout. But, you know, recently it just seems to be joining the bandwagon And so, yeah, there's certainly different ways to trade Bitcoin. And uh, let's face it, investors were clamoring for that ETF.
1: Yeah, we'll see where it's At some point, Uh, he doesn't think it's going to be a permanency of this uh, delay. It's going to be only temporary in nature. So just to go and wrap up the day, the uh, Australian SIBO 200 down one percent, even a little bit less for the XJO after the final price crossing. But just looking across the uh, the market map, uh, the uh, the winner on the day was City Chic, uh, the plus sized uh, women's retailer, up six point two percent. A nice little positive upgrade coming through from the market today. Also looking across the Whitehaven Coal. Another decent uh, rebound after that uh, shellacking earlier in the week. It was up 5.7%. And down at EDI, also giving uh, some pretty uh, positive guidance coming through. It was up 4.1%. At the other flip side. uh, Life
0: 360, absolute belting down nearly 30% today. Not great in terms of an outlook and also part of that tech bloodbath we saw from overnight as well.
1: Yeah, email payments of another 6% as well. Credit Corp as well cut uh, by some uh, broker activity there. It got hammered uh, in towards the it was off 9.7% points bet uh, also down about eight percent or so so all th- questions asked i think uh, when it comes to the uh, the mm. big macro events now at least domestically here over for the time being uh the next uh, next couple of days so i guess we go back to looking at the uh, u.s earnings to, guidance yep,
0: u.s earnings company earnings and of course we'll be covering everything live as it drops at 8 30 tomorrow let's cool our jets Scuddy. it's been a big day today we'll be back to do it all again tomorrow
1: looking forward to it already we'll see we will be on air at 8 30 in the morning